All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Bricks Radio. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I know we didn't have an episode last week. That is because the technology gods decided to hate on us. In my three years of podcasting, I have never lost an episode of a podcast, and I lost that one. So I'm still a little bit upset about it, but fuck it, we're here to record today, and I am joined by the best team in all of podcasts, and Miss Mary Almonte is here. What's going on, Mary? What's up? We in here, <laughs> out here, no in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also joined by Mr. BTG himself, Baylor the Great. What's going on? What up, what up? Another day, another dollar. Absolutely, absolutely. We got some shit. It's been a fucking week in the culture and in shit going on. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. And why not start off with anything other than Dave Chappelle, who dropped a special on YouTube. And I know this, like it was marketed as the stand-up. And what it really was to me is Dave Chappelle venting and cursing for about 25 minutes. Uh, he had like two or three jokes in there. But, um, you know, a lot of things, like he talked about police, he talked about Candace Owens. Uh, so there's a lot that we can talk about from this. Did you guys get to watch it? What were your thoughts on it? And how was it like seeing Dave Chappelle really just... I don't know. I guess just, like I said, just Vinny. What did you guys think? Mary, I'll come to you first. Well, being from Staten Island, how could I not watch that, <laughs> right? Like, he definitely dug into us here. But the black people of Staten Island understand why, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, um, you know, we're probably like 15, 20 if we're being generous percent of the island. And then the rest is very red, Trump-supporting, you know, all white people. So... Um, and listen, you know, we, our system here definitely failed Eric Garner's family. So I totally, I'm not mad at Dave Chappelle for what he said. <laughs> and I guess for people who may not have seen it, he basically said Staten Island is a horrible, awful place and fuck everybody here except for the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I kind of share that sentiment too. So, <laughs> um, Go ahead. I feel by him saying except the Wu Tang Clan, he uh, he he's that also including yeah the the the, the Wu Tang's yes. people. So you guys are all covered. <laughs> exactly. That's how we that's how we took it. Yeah. So you know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. I mean, aside from that, here's the deal. I a lot of my very woke friends kind of dug into that. Um, you know, Dave Chappelle's stand up, whatever we're calling it. Um for kind of being misogynistic and sort of, uh, you know, he used the bitch term. He said that uh, Candace Owens Punani probably stinks. I don't, <laughs> I don't quite know why that he. I mean, whatever. It, I, 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 I think that I'm taking that as fact. I'm taking that as 100 percent fact. Well, you have more experience than I do <laughs> in the smelling of Punani <laughs> business, so. Um, but anyway, whatever the case is, a lot of people, a lot of women, black women, let me just be specific that I know took that kind of, and ran with it and felt like he was, you know, basically, you know, being misogynistic. Um, I personally didn't have a problem with it. I felt like it was on brand for him. And I felt like, look, he was delivering a really heavy message mm -hmm. and he had to have some kind of jokes in there. Right. So I felt like he's a great messenger for, I don't, I don't know what do we call them now allies or I don't even know like basically non-people of color non-black people you know he broke it down for them basically mm. like this is why we're freaking mad <laughs> I mean if in case you you don't get it by now um so I felt like it was effective with that and listen the story of one of his ancestors being one of the first black people to be united um, invited to the White House was really powerful I'm like yeah. why did he even sit on that one right yeah. so I mean, all in all, yeah, I felt like it was needed. So kudos to Dave Chappelle. Absolutely. Baylor, I've been seeing, I've been watching your face over there. Do oh, you no, I, I was just, you know, it was, it, it was, I agree. You know, I like to piggyback, like he does have a very diverse audience. Mm -hmm. Not only that, we really needed that last, ep uh, that last episode that we did because I remember, sa I remember saying that we don't necessarily need these uh, celebrities or, or uh, athletes to, to, to talk for us, mm -hmm. but I expect them to step up and say something. Yeah. Right. So with his platform and he has one of the largest platforms in the world, 
the way he presents his, I would say, his content, uh, and because of how large uh, or how diverse his uh, audience is, it helped. You know what I mean? And it was real deep. And I, that's the dope thing about about his platform is that he could do a whole show and only say two jokes, mm. and it could be a classic. You know what I mean? So it was needed. It was definitely needed. I enjoyed it. I know a, a lot of people didn't know where to find it. I think I, it was on YouTube. That's where I watched that because I clicked the link. And people was, uh, they thought it was on Netflix. They were looking for it on Hulu. Uh, so, yeah, it was needed for the culture. I liked it. And I, I and enjoyed I, it. And I, yeah, and I like the fact, like you said, to the episode where we, I'm telling you people, we're not just hyping it. Like, we discovered the secret of life on this episode that we that we lost. Um, but on the episode that we talked about, we we said how, like, we can talk all day about people shouldn't look up to celebrities or shouldn't expect celebrities to speak out. But at the end of the day, they're going to. And for Dave Chappelle to sit there and say, the last thing that you guys needed was to hear from me, I think was was him realizing and, and doing something that more celebrities need to do is like kind of just stepping back and, and seeing how things work out and like like not not just adding another voice to it so people can flock to. But then when you do speak on it, you have the full information. You do make a statement out of it. I really like the message behind everything like I, I i struggle to call this like a stand-up because it's not like i mean literally if you want to be he was standing up but it was really just him talking some shit it, you, can, you can call it a ted talk yeah uh, there you go right yeah. yeah that is what it felt like yeah yeah that's a great that's a great uh way to phrase it and that is what it felt like so um yeah but i mean I, it was needed i'm glad that it happened uh and honestly i wouldn't mind seeing dave Chappelle like this more often like pissed off mm-hmm. old man dave Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like one of his I don't know if it's his mentors, but he was on the Dave Chappelle show, Paul Mooney. That's kind of like what Paul Mooney started doing towards the end of his career. So it would be interesting to see if Dave Chappelle kind of goes down that right route as well. Well, Dave, Dave Chappelle has a way of adding his sarcasm to the reality and the jokes and mm-hmm. meshing it together. So at the same time, he'll get the message across. It'll be funny, but it also for the people that's offended, it'll make sense to them. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then it's like you got to sit back and be like, "All right, maybe this is a little bit ridiculous." Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> all right, we well. need more. We need more. I don't know. I don't know if we could, besides Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock, Ooh. but it, but it's not too many that can pull it off like that. I think Chris Rock. Well, I'm waiting for that. Eddie Murphy is doing another stand up special for Netflix. Like he's coming back to stand up, doing it for Netflix. I don't know if it's been recorded or whatnot, but with everything that's going on. I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Murphy goes the fuck off too. Well, I'll be there for that one. <laughs> but uh, from from one artist to another, uh, I guess if that's what we're calling her, B. Simone uh, set like social media on fire, saying that she she wanted to only be with another entrepreneur. But that's not really what we want to talk about. I really don't give two fucks about that. Um, be with, with with whoever you want to be with. But this book that she came out with that basically ended up being a scrapbook and a bunch of shit that, she, that Mar- Mary could have came out with this book and it would have been the same exact shit. Um, Baylor, I'll come to you first since I went to Mary. Uh, no, don't insult me. My book would have been way better. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. I agree with that. I'm just saying that you that anyone could have done this book because she didn't really offer anything original in it. Um, but yeah, your book would have definitely be better because you have more to say and you've been through more shit. Mm-hmm. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll get to you uh baylor uh what did you think about uh b simone being uh flat out plagiarizing so the video where she was trying to explain herself Mm -hmm. um this is the thing like you gotta humble yourself a little bit just a little bit okay two I, I'm not here for the excuses, okay? You got called out. Uh, apparently, there's some lawsuits that came about, and that led to you saying stuff like, well, the team that was put together to create this content, you you had no knowledge of. Yeah. I personally don't believe that because anything that's put out with my, with my brand, my name that's attached to it, I get the last call before anything goes out. This is why I'm a solo podcaster, because I know the type of shit that I put out there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for her to say she had no knowledge of and she might have trust issues, uh, et cetera, this was just her. I mean, I can't I I don't know. I don't want to say that she did this on purpose. and She thought she was going to get away with it. But at the same time, yo, the, 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 the man up above has a cold way of bringing things right back around real fast. 
So that's why I say you got to humble yourself. Yep. All right, Mary, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so I follow her on Twitter, um, and I have been for a while. And I feel like she takes a very self-righteous kind of approach with her Twitter persona, at least. And so for something like this to come out on her is not a good look whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So, yes, I second what Baylor just said. <laughs> and kind of, right, wasn't the explanation like, well, my team copied it mm-hmm. or some shit. Like, all right, that's really sad. So then your team is writing a damn book? Like, <laughs> really? Exactly. Not you. Like, she almost, she almost, like, she almost, like, she basically said they created this and I had no knowledge of what they created. I just wanted the book to go out. That's what it sounded like to me. So it, it, you know, we talk a lot about like how artists get caught up in like not knowing what they're signing, not knowing what they're doing. Um, So it doesn't really surprise me that this could have happened. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, why? So you're just attaching now. Now I have to I have to second guess anything that comes out from you at this point, because clearly you're in the business of just signing off on shit and letting it come out like you you don't take any interest in it. Like, what are you really create? Are you even a creative? Like, now do you write your own jokes? Or like, what 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 don't what do you actually do? Like, it it for uh, for people like who actually create and put time and effort into whatever they create, whatever they put their name to. Bailey, you're one. Mary, I know what, what you're doing with Yum. Like we me with my with my platform. Like we all are creatives in 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 this conversation, and we all take pride in what we do. And if our name's going to be attached to it, we don't take that lightly. So for someone to be mm-hmm. at a at a level to where she is and just basically let people run with run with your image and and whatever like it's just this is why this creative space is like it's so blurred because people who actually put in the work don't make it to a certain level but somebody like her who's clearly lazy and I I don't really follow all of her content I've seen some of it and I can get what where the appeal is cuz she is funny but at the same time it's like I don't know, man. Like I, I can never trust anything to come out from her again. Well, she, she's animated. Don't the one thing that stuck uh, that stood out was, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the word uh, a creator, creative, is that she said that she wanted to create a book for young women to have self confidence, mm-hmm. to build them up, etc. So how do you do that and have no input? <laughs> you got a great point there, bro. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully she can bounce back from that and. Uh, kind of uh you know get it together i understand why you know she might get a lot of views because she's animated you know and people uh certain personalities are attracted to that uh that style of comedy and then there's going to be a lot of people that don't like it that's going to view her so Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is hopefully she could bounce back uh bounce back from it but i want her to win you know she ain't did too much you know she, she didn't do too much of uh she didn't do too bad, you know. She didn't do too bad. You don't think she did too bad, bro? She, I mean, I'm like, I, um, I mean, like, look, I've seen it worse. We don't trust I, her seen, anymore now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but but look, look at the culture we in though. You can sneeze the wrong way, and they gonna cancel you. So I'm not. I'm come on, bro. When when we when uh, we get the call, yeah. when we get the call, a person that hasn't done anything wrong to us, yeah. his whole life, and now they talk about canceling him on Twitter. I'm not. No, nah, man, she didn't do nothing that bad. I, okay. I'm not if that if that's if that's compared, at I, least I at, at, at least let's be let's not be a hypocrite about it and not give her a second chance. You know, at uh-huh. least give her that. Because yeah. if it was somebody you, that we if it was not so nicely. No, <laughs> I'm saying if it was someone that we really liked and they and they did and they had a mistake or or even if they did something that we didn't we didn't necessarily disagree with, but a lot of other people did, we would expect them to get a second chance. Okay. Yeah. All right, look at you trying to humanize humanize the situation because I was ready to say fucker, but uh. Oh, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan <laughs> at all. But I'm just saying, like, at this point, I don't need too many of my own to be losing. Yeah. I mean, but at the uh, she just, hopefully she learns from this and does better. But at the same time, like I said, it's going to be hard for me personally to trust anything. But again, I'm not like a a fan of hers. So for people who are, it's like, I wonder if they feel that same way. But you know, like, I mean, everybody does for the most part, unless like. You're doing something just completely idiotic, deserves a second chance, but hopefully it's just better. Like the thing that's a slap in the face, and I'm not even a woman, but if you say you want to uplift women and that's the best your best offering, and if women are your biggest your biggest base, you've just completely disrespected the people who support you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. and she got but she gotta live with that though. You know what I mean? So, you know. All right. Fair enough. Any any other words on it before we move on? 
Well, she did teach the young women something. That, <laughs> don't be like her right now. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. shout out to her for that. No plagiarizing. Yeah, yeah. Because people, like, and I don't know why anybody think they would get away with plagiarizing in this era where everything is accessible through the internet. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead. We're going to move on. We're going to celebrate a birthday. It is, yesterday was the 49th um, birthday of Tupac Shakur. Um, and the reason why I put this on here is that uh, at at work, people were sitting around like, and it came up, and they were like, you know what? I don't think I don't think Pac's music has uh, replayability. I don't think I've gone back and listened to any Pac music in like the last five years. And that shit threw me for a loop to say that you like, because I go back to Pac music all the time. And Bela, I know you, like, your face says it all. Oh my lord, but, uh, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> But so I, I'm sitting here in this conversation and I'm trying my best not to pull like I almost pulled my own goddamn beard out and just walked away from the conversation. But uh I'll come to you next, Baylor. Mary, what do you think about uh Tupac's birthday? What's your favorite Pac song? And then also do you agree with the with the statement that Pac's music does not have replayability? I feel like Pac's music is so much more relevant today than it was even when it first came out. Yeah. Like it's kind of crazy. I actually posted in my Instagram stories about it. Pac was one of my faves. Um, I mean, listen, he, most of his music was really the soundtrack to my childhood outside of like the major East coast players, of course. But, um, and also like, I really feel like watching him and listening to him and even his songs were, um, really like a major source of inspiration for like my inner activist as a kid, you know what I mean? Like he was such an activist, like his spirit was so revolutionary. Um, and it's part of why, and I don't want to go take us down this rabbit hole too far, but it's part of why I always don't feel like Pac and big could ever really be compared because don't get me wrong. I loved big too, but his vibe was like more of party and bullshit and you know, that gangster shit. But Pac was really like, changing hearts and minds when people really engaged with him you know so um damn my favorite pop song that's a hard one i guess i'm gonna go with hail mary but (laughs) okay yeah but i mean really he didn't have a song i didn't like and yeah (laughs) me against the world that album was like on repeat for me as a kid so for sure yeah all right baylor I saw the steam coming out your soul, bro. Not just <laughs> like <laughs> so. Go ahead. No, man. You know what? First of all, we got how old were they? Uh, they had to be around my age, so between thirty three and thirty five. Okay, so um, I would say like <clears throat> even prior prior to uh, Kobe passing away, I was like I was really done with the whole LeBron Kobe Jordan thing. You know what I mean? I'm like, let's just, especially when you when you can catch certain interviews. Or behind the scene clips of them actually interacting with each other. So when you talk, when you bring up Big and Pac, uh, those were two powerful, powerful figures in hip hop history. And to and to find out that they were really cool with each other, uh, that hurts. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I I no longer sit up there and, and compare the two and things like that. But what Mary said was true though. Like when you separate the music, we knew. Big could he, his wordplay and the way he made you feel was just it was it was a party type vibe. Even though he could flip it and give you some bars, mm-hmm. he can give you some gun bars or we'll kick down the door, et cetera, et cetera. Pac was look. I'm trying to tell y'all something that's gonna happen into the in the future. Y'all might not listen, but this is the message. At the same time, he struggled with his inner demons as well and attacked other MCs and shot the police and got into it with gangs and stuff that he wasn't really about. I'm not going to say he was about that life, but he wasn't, you know, an official L.A. or Bay Area dude. We just adopted him. So he adopted Mm -hmm. a whole totally situation that he wasn't really a part of the history about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the knowledge that he spoke, like, I mean, my favorite track is, um, shit, there's so many. Who Do You Believe In is probably... My favorite track of all time. I I still listen to that. You know what I mean. Um, so to say that he doesn't have any replay value, I I don't know about that one. I really don't. That shit. That it's it bugging, bro. That that threw me for the biggest loop probably of my life. Like I'm sitting here, I'm just like, damn. Like how can you say that? Like, and to Mary's point, like. Some of his lyrics now felt like the like he wrote them knowing what would happen now. Like it, it's 
it's so eerie. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I really don't know some of these cats, man. It's just, it's, I just know certain people I don't need to have music conversations with. And th- there are some of them, bro. And people were yeah, sitting there agreeing that. with mm-hmm. them, like straight up agreeing, saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody listens to pop music any, anymore either." I'm like, "Y'all motherfuckers, y'all know." Hey, well, I mean, look, <laughs> we, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. All right, moving on, man. So Baylor, uh, well, it, uh, this is when I get disgusted with the younger generation. No offense, I mean, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we can't have conversations if you're that uninformed yeah it's like like you don't have a soul like or like really go i don't know how anyone could go back and listen to pop's music and not be moved like by by what he was he wasn't just writing rap songs he was writing poems and putting them to music like it was beautiful so yeah yeah, it is what it is man i read but following up on something that we talked about in the lost episode, I'm still pissed. I'm I'm probably going to be bringing this up for like a month. I can't believe I lost the episode of the podcast. Um, talked about the NBA season. We talked about how it was coming back. It was going to be going down in Orlando. Well, since then, a lot of players have had opposition uh, to this happening. One of the people who've been most boisterous about this is Kyrie Irving, um, even though he's not going to play anymore in this season anyway. But there seems to be a lot of players who, once the season restarts, is not going to be there now that impacts the season they're trying to finish out they're trying to name a a crown a champion at the end of the season and everything um but one thing that stood out in this is that it doesn't seem like right now the nba has a solid plan for what happens while all these players are stuck there for two weeks if one of them does come down with COVID 19 which i think is concerning a lot of players Baylor, uh, what do you think about NBA players being against the return and then seeming like the NBA doesn't have a solid contingency if one of the players did come down with the virus? Well, they got they actually have two legit reasons not to go back, mm-hmm. right? But I think Kyrie caught a lot of he he got he got caught in the situation where we had we pretty much have no choice but to really side with him. We just didn't know if it was true or not, as far as you. Know, how he really feels because word got out is the re- uh, when he found out that he wasn't going to be able to travel with the team, uh, that he, that's when he came out like, yo, no, I think we should just restart the whole season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but he's not playing anyway. So we're trying to figure out, is he really sincere about the player's health and basically the BLM movement? Which he, which is the headline for his, you know, for his, I wouldn't call it an outrage, but I need to know who's in his camp because someone is leaking his, his text messages, mm-hmm. not necessarily the, the, the actual screenshots and stuff like that. But now we have knowledge that Kyrie ha- has been talking to his players about, I mean, his teammates about starting their own league. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, is it about COVID or is it about what's going on right now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we need we need to know because don't get me wrong, both of them are valid points, but we wouldn't hear none of this prior to even prior to the protests, we didn't hear none of this. And all we heard was players there was a lot of players excited to get the season back started. You know what I'm saying? They would they was all for it. But now all of a sudden, when you find out that they didn't want the team, you they didn't want you traveling with the team to Orlando, it was like, uh so I don't know. I mean I put out an episode yesterday about it. Um uh, I'm with it. Like Right now, we have a lot of steam with us right now. We could we could actually demand a lot of stuff and it'll probably go our way. But if if this is not if this is not authentic, then I just need you to be quiet. Mm. I feel it. I mean, and I I think I think you just titled the episode. Let me write that down so I don't forget. Uh, But Mary, what do you think about it? Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like. A, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Florida has the highest uh, climbing COVID rates right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about y'all, probably not you, Baylor, because you guys are already in like a a nice climate. But pretty much everybody that I knew was in Florida in the past week or two. No joke. Right. Because they were open. So everyone was hopping a quick cheap flight because the flights are cheap from New York to Florida. So, I mean, I'd feel like there's definitely a COVID concern if I were like, if I were a player, I'd be feeling kind of crazy right now. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like kind of to Kyrie's argument, it's like sports is a distraction. That's kind of why people like to watch sports, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, 
there's other reasons there, but I think that's how sports sort of really originated as a industry. Um, and right now I, I think there is a concern that starting up any season is going to take attention away from, you know, the, the movement that has miraculously gotten, like you said, you use that word steam. Yeah. So, so I think that's a valid concern too. I mean, listen, I'm not enough. I mean, I watch basketball um, because my son and my husband. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm not enough of like a diehard fan to really have an opinion that matters on this. Um, but I mean, I see the concerns all around. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what it boils down to is like, yeah, there, there's always, there was always going to be a concern. I mean, the NBA came up with a solid plan to even say, you know, we're going to bring all these players in. They're going to get tested before they come. Then they're going to basically be stuck here until we finish this out. Um, but you know, there's, there's always going to be concerns. And I mean, the thing with, but on the kind of the, not the plus side, but just to be devil's advocate, those concerns are going to be here a year from now. Like these, those concerns, even if they stop the season and wait to start next season on time, those concerns are still going to be there then. Um, so I like, I understand why the NBA would want to try to restart it if they can, but at the same time, if your players, I don't know if it's a majority or if it's just a vocal minority, but overall, if your players aren't, aren't safe, don't feel safe in it, then you kind of have to like, just not do it right and put the money and everything to the side i know they they're losing millions of dollars by not finishing their season out but if 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 you're saying that the bottom line is worth more than than the health risk to your players then that right there says enough to me but the problem is they're split though a lot of players want to go back and play Mm -hmm. but a lot of them don't a lot of them don't need it and what i mean by that is ed davis came out and said that's Kyrie is good. KD is good. You know what I'm saying? So as far as everybody else that's on the roster, we're not good. We got to eat somehow. You know what I mean? Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jay Dub said, and I'm not sure if I'm not, I didn't check the facts on it or not, but from my, from my, from my standpoint, like history shows that we don't take care of money when we get into the league, not how we're supposed to. And, and he, and he tweeted out that 80% of the NBA players are living check by check, which I can believe because the first thing that we do is go buy mom's a house. We buy a house, cars, jewelry, and we spend it on tip drill videos. So it's like, if that's, if that's true, then yeah, I can see a lot of them saying I'm willing to take this risk to make this money. Cause I don't make enough money as it is. At the same time, mm-hmm. I need to know if people are is about this thing because I haven't seen too many demands that I've been personally looking for. Yeah, okay, USC has let two black um, former athletes back on campus. That's cool. Okay, Kaepernick is starting to get his name talked about a lot. That's dope. But no, I need ownership talk. You know what I'm saying? I see a lot of these companies saying, yeah, we're going to take Juneteenth off and that's going to be a national holiday amongst this company. That's cool. But I need I need some of these owners and some of these uh, coaches and GMs to step down and start sharing some of that. So if that's if, if that's what Kyrie is talking about, then I'm with it. Then I, I, I don't have to watch basketball, football or baseball this year. But if you're doing this because, you know, you're not coming back till next year. Mm-hmm. I don't need I don't, I don't need to hear you, bro. I don't need to hear you because I know how serious the protesting is because Beverly Hills is still boarded up. You know what I'm saying? They still have Porsche dealerships and they still have shops and stores down there with wooden is is wooded up. You can't get in there. So I know how serious it is. And until we like, and I I don't want to use that term, but we just need to keep applying pressure. Yeah, for sure. For change. For For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything left to be said on that. Mary, you got anything left? No. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's move into the next topic, the last one in this segment. Um, and that is the nominees for the BET Awards, the 2020 BET Awards. We're just going to go through some, not all of them, um, and see, say what we feel about it. So the first one that I want to start with is the album of the year. So I, there we have Because uh, I Love You by Lizzo, Fever um, by Megan Thee Stallion, Homecoming the live album Beyonce, I Used to Know Her by Her, Kirk, the Baby, and Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Roddy Rich, which I have not listened to that album at all. What do you guys think about those nominees? Uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's been They're a struggle just so year. different. It's been a struggle yeah. year, is all I can say. If I had to, if I had to, to put some money on it, then I would say it's either going to Beyonce or Lizzo. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Although I think I would rather out of everyone see Meg take it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just that just that's how you know it's been a it's been an interesting year musically because <laughs> when a live album and uh, Roddy Rich are nominated as album of the year, that's just that's weird. Yeah. But uh, you know. I wouldn't mind seeing the baby come out of it. It's just Kirk was Kirk was solid to me. I don't think it, it's going to be uh, anything that stands out as far as like, I, I really feel like we're going to get better albums from him going forward, but you know, it is what it is. Um, well, you think, you think, um, you think uh, this year is bad. Wait until next year. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's gonna have ash. They all they all need asterisks next to it because there's going to be listen, like, well, halfway through this year. Yeah. Look, it's gonna get so bad they're gonna be like, "Look, we ran out of albums, so we just gonna pick some podcasts." So and throw up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next one that we want to go to: best male hip hop artist. So we got the Baby, Future, Drake, Little Baby, Roddy Rich, and Travis Scott on this list. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> honestly, oh, it's probably gonna go to Travis Scott. I think. I hope it does. Yeah. I hope it does. I think Travis Scott is a game changer, but everybody else is just Jesus. That's bad. Trash. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, female hip hop artist of the year: Cardi B, Doja Cat, Lizzo. Which why she's a hip hop artist? I don't know. Megan Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj, and Swati. I don't even who is that. Sweetie. Oh, oh sweetie. sweetie, sweetie. I know who that is. How do you not know Sweetie? No, I didn't know her name was spelled like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I've no never seen her name Look, spelled. In. I've I've said that the first time yeah. I seen her name too. I'm like, who the the fuck is that? Me. Like, once you said it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I know who that is. Uh, mm-hmm. who you guys, who you guys I would say if it's if it's fixed, if it's fixed, it's gonna go to Doja to yeah. piss us off. Oh, um, but I think it should go to Megan. Yeah. 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 Oh, I liked Sweetie's album. I actually really like her and her whole vibe. So, just saying. Yeah, I think Megan Megan has to be the pick here. Um, because there's no way in hell that they can give it to Doja Cat. If you want to see some fucking riots, give it to Doja Cat. <laughs> that shit, that shit started right back up real quick. Uh, video of the year. I think we all know what's going to be the video of the year. It has to be the bop by the baby, right? Yeah. Well, who is he going up again? Uh, Chris Brown, no Chris Brown and Drake, no guidance. Uh, DJ Khaled, Nipsey Hussle, and John Legend. That may get it. Um, mm-hmm. Doja Cat, Say So, Megan The Stallion, uh, Nicki Minaj and Ty Dolla Sign, Hot Girl Summer, and Roddy Rich, The Box. What was the second one you just said? Oh, shit, bro. I don't even remember where I started. Chris Brown and Drake, no guidance. That they might have action. You think so? They two light skinned cats. They got action. <laughs> I hated that video, by the way. I hated that video. Um, all right. And uh, uh who's your pick, Mary? Um, I mean, I think the baby is gonna take it. Although I think if there were a runner up, it would have to be Nip and Khaled. Okay. And John Legend. All right, cool. Yeah. Best new artist, Danny Lay, who I don't know why she's on the best new artist list. I swear I've been listening to her music for like three years at this point. Uh, Little Nas me, X. Me too. Yeah, like my, my me and my daughter's, uh, what's the name of that song she had? She did a remix with, uh, damn it. I can't Chris remember. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Like me and my daughter's. It's easy. Yeah. Easy. My daughter loves Danny Lay. We've been listening to her forever. So her being on this list has been like, what the hell? Where, where have y'all been? But uh, <laughs> Little Nas X, Pop Smoke. Yeah. Roddy Rich, Summer Walker, and YBN Corday. Mm, if you want to make the culture feel good, you give it to Pop Smoke. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, they probably give it to X though. I can understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. I think if we're, yeah. if we're going off, if who would have had who who was like the one to watch, the one with the bullet, the one who's going to have the most potential, it ha- it would have had to been Pop Smoke. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like no questions. Like that. It Pop Smoke all day long, but. Uh, you know, and he's he's probably going to get it. I, I I would hope that he gets it. I think that would be a great moment for the culture. But, Mary, who's your pick here? Pop, of course. Has to be. Well, you can't say pop without the smoke, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely got to be pop smoke. Uh, last one that, mm-hmm. that we're going to do, best female R&B pop artist. So we got Beyonce, her, Janae Aiko, uh, Kalani, Lizzo, and Summer Walker. Mm. I like I like Summer this, Walker. This is just so weird. I do, too. Yeah. Even though, you know. Why isn't Lizzo on this list? Like, uh, whatever. Um, She's got best female hip-hop artist. But uh, 
I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know who to pick here. This has the, been the toughest category for me yet because the first three people, Janae, her, and Beyonce, I can either one of those win, and I wouldn't be mad at it at all. Yeah, and I just feel like Beyonce doesn't lose. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But but, but I'm kind of. I mean, and I love her. Hail the queen. But kind of. Feel like it's unfair that she's in this category with these other artists. So yeah, yeah. truth be told, I don't don't send no bees or whatever shit y'all be sending. But <laughs> right. she, she she got to be yeah. yeah she got to be over two. I mean, these we're saying this positively about her that she's on this other echelon here, so it's not fair, you know, like yeah. to the others. That's why beehive. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really, I wouldn't mind seeing her win it at all. Like, I, she's so underrated. And I know she has, like, a really big fan base and she's respected. But I really think, like, her. there's something about her music that I think I could be, I can go back and listen to her, her album five years from now. And I can't say that about everybody on this list. Yeah. Yeah. So. I take that. <laughs> All right, well, that's us talking about some of the nominees from the BET Awards 2020. I don't even know the date it's supposed to be happening. Do you guys know when BET Awards are going down? I stopped watching the award shows a long time ago. It's June 28th at 8 p.m. It's going to be an all-digital thing, which is just going to – I don't really watch award shows live anymore anyway, so I guess we'll see. Um, But let us know who you guys' pick are, who you guys think are going to walk away with some awards from the BET Awards. We're going to get into our first break, and when we come back, we got some more shit to talk about. And I really can't fucking wait. We'll be right back after this. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Marco the Prince, the host of Hear Me Out Podcast. And I am here to tell you a little about me and my podcast. I'm a little bit about me. I'm born and raised in Portland, Oregon, currently reside on the East Coast. I have done everything from a nine to five retail, been homeless, been engaged, um, AmeriCorps, volunteer jobs, and whatever you think of, I probably have done it or experienced it. And I am here just so my voice can be heard and hopefully touch the voice of someone else to remind them that we all don't got it, but we can all go get it. Um, so I'm here to just share my life experiences, motivate people, rant, and just be heard. So you can hear me out on all the socials at hearmeout.pod for Instagram, Hear Me Out Podcast on Facebook, and also this is Hear Me Out on Twitter. And you can also stream me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Brinker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public, and wherever you catch your favorite cast at. So hopefully you hear me out and catch the vibe. All right. So J. Cole dropped a new song. And usually when J. Cole drops a new song, it's a time to rejoice. I listened to it. I didn't take anything negative away from it the first time I listened to it. I went about my day. I put it on this list. I came back and looked at Twitter and found out, lo and behold, that all of like if by looking at Twitter, everyone's offended by this. Like and I listened to the song several times and didn't take anything negative out of it at all. Um, who wants to attack this one first? Because I can be honest and say this is one that I just don't fucking understand. Okay, so I have a very important question. Okay. Do we know who, who the female is that he's talking about? Some people have said that it's no name, which I just can't see J. Cole coming at. Like I, I don't I just I really think he just wrote a verse. I don't even know if it was specifically aimed at somebody, but a lot of people from what I read as far as tweets think think it's the rapper no name. Well, it felt aimed at someone, and that's why everyone's all pissed off because it's like now ain't the time to be tearing down black women. So I liked it though. <laughs> but and, but and if he is trying to tear down a black woman, I'm not with that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And that goes without saying, like if he, if he did write, if J Cole wrote these bars to try to tear down a woman, hands down, he deserves all the feet, all the blowback he's getting from, from it. I didn't personally walk away from that, but in the, in the climate that we're in to that, Nobody on his camp or team said, you know what? Maybe we should wait to release this one for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. But again, if if he didn't, if he in his mind, and that's what people forget, like if you truly don't mean anything negative about something, almost the last thing that you would think about is people are going to take negativity out of it because you know that's not the spirit you wrote it in. But here we are. Mm -hmm. Baylor, what do you think? I didn't. What do you want me to do with this haze? (laughs) I mean, he, he put out a goddamn song. It was cool to me. Like, I didn't. 
I didn't dig that deep into it. Like until somebody else come out, whoever whoever she is, she come out and say she was offended. She got action. Other than that, I don't know, man. Like, come on, man. People about to have like whole shows about. But this, you know though. what's funny though is that this is this the way that he wrote these bars to me aren't that different from um middle child like he had some bar- like if you want if you in your mind wanted to say oh he was those bars were directed at drake these bars were directed at somebody you can you can create that narrative because some of the stuff that he said in that song if you outside of just the bouncy flow or whatever you break it down he seemed like those bars were directed at somebody and i think they were a lot more vicious mm-hmm. than what was in this song so for people to take this and think that it's aimed at somebody but not like that track dropped and nobody thought he was trying to beef with nobody it's like all right now pick what you like what 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 are y'all trying to do here hey look shit you asking the wrong person because i didn't (laughs) i didn't i didn't care i i mean majority of it was on my timeline people going back and forth and breaking bar for bar letter for letter and i said y'all niggas really ain't ever since insecure went off y'all just been tripping huh like y'all ain't got nothing else to do Listen, listen, hey. But hey, look, I'm out of this. Man, I when I tell you I listened to that song and I just went about my day and I I not to be graphic, I think I was on the fucking toilet going through Twitter and I'm just like, damn, these motherfuckers are mad. Like mad, <laughs> mad. Like what the fuck? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I mean, and and to even say that, even though I didn't take offense of it, for people who did hear this and are offended or did think, like, especially if you're coming at it with the mindset of he's attacking black women, then yeah, you have the right to be offended. He does need to be held accountable. I don't know if he's come out and said anything about it since then, but at the he same time- He doubled down on it. He did? Oh, well, good. Yeah. Like, fuck it. He said he's saying by everything he wrote. Well, then fuck it. Um, I mean, <laughs> then it is what and it I'm is. Glad right? I, look, I, look, this is the thing, though. What is his history? That is true. All right, so, mm-hmm. all right, okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead. Let's move on. The next one. Takashi and Nicki Minaj dropped their new single Trolls, which it was initially thought that it was going to break the uh, the record of I forgot the name of his last single that he came out with. It was uh, by some metrics. They say that it came a little bit short or whatnot. But we're going to just talk about the song. Nicki and, and Takashi have made song a song before uh, the video. Everything kind of backed like piggybacked off that. This is nothing special like with most Takashi shit. But let's fucking talk about it. So who wants to talk about this? one? <sighs> hey, look, I, I mean, hey, look, they like you said, they got history making music together. So I just seen a flow rider clip uh, that floated around, uh, and he and they, I, I think it was Vlad, if I'm not mistaken, I asked him, Would you ever uh, make an album with him? He said, You know, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, he said, You know, I can't do that, but. The, because the point was, he was like, I stick to my principles. You know yeah. what I mean? So you, it's either I'm going to get this bag and not care what people think, or I'm not going to mess with him. So Takashi has won. He's won ever since he's been out. Like, his fan base is too strong. They don't care about principles or anything like that. Uh, Nicki Minaj, uh, she actually pushed herself into that old lady section and now she's riding his wave and she's gonna come back and make some type of a splash pretty sure it'd be kind of dope but i guess you know shit she want to be a cartoon character like him colorful and he was wearing like a uh, lace front too i'm like dang i know they made those for god (laughs) i mean they don't he's wearing a Check, <laughs> Does Takashi even have hair anymore? Like, is all this like fake? Like, I don't know. Much, know. much color dye he got in his hair. That shit. Hip hop people, this is hip hop, I guess. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna move into what we actually want to talk about. I know a lot of people are looking forward to this. Uh, Baylor's finally all caught up. The insecure finale. <laughs> oh, yo, man. Uh, can I can I say this? And maybe maybe we can talk about this. The next episode, but I'm 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 probably the one percent that thought this season was great. I thought the whole entire season was great. What? Yeah, I did. Bro, please tell me you're I did. bro. No, I'm not. What kind I, of weed I'm did you serious. have today? What kind of weed did you have today? I, I haven't gotten high yet. I haven't gotten high yet. <laughs> but I'm dead, and I and I did get high for this episode just for this topic. I think y'all tripping, bro. I think I think I think because of the other shows that we watch around Insecure, we expected some t- the same type of effect in this show, and that's not fair. We were searching for that. We were thirsty for power. You know what I'm saying? We just finished Ozark. We watched Snowfall. 
and it was bang, bang, bang. This show right here was transitioning and decision-making. That's what this was. And we've all been a part of these decisions and transitions in life. And the fact that the two main characters, Molly and Issa, where they at in life, it was it was a slow pace because they had to deal with a lot of work and trying to balance their friendship and a lot of shit, especially in the in 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 this season. I thought it was perfect, man. I thought it was perfect, bro. I mean, if you enjoyed okay. it, more power to you. You got because to to say to say that there there were hit and miss hit and misses through this whole season. You got to explain what did you want from it. It's not about what I wanted from it. It's just the fact of what I watched wasn't good. Well, what, it was what boring. Wasn't good about like it? when you when you have a twenty eight minute episode, I should be engaged. All you only doing twenty eight minutes. Twenty eight minutes. Yeah, bro. but but at this but at this point, I'm forcing I'm forcing certain content into twenty eight minutes just to keep you happy. When in real life, this is one this is one show that we can say this is real close to act to our actual lives. No. No, because well, everybody, to... everybody I know in real life is more entertaining than Molly. But if we know a Molly. <laughs> I don't know anybody that that terrible, bro. I, I know, I know, my, <laughs> I know male Molly. I, I, I think, I think maybe you, you, maybe it's just you, Cali niggas. Maybe this is some shit that happens in Cali no, that the no, rest no, of no, us no, don't it, understand. It has, it has nothing to do with that because I haven't brought up the hidden gems and the scenery that they show throughout the city. The scenery the city. was beautiful. The cinematography I'm ta- I'm ta- is beautiful. I'm talking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the actual characters and the development throughout the season. There was no and development the actual, to and, me. And, and, and the actual, yeah, it was Bro. towards the end of the season. They they in the same exact Andrew, place. And Andrew Andrew went from a passive boyfriend to I'm not about to deal with this shit anymore. I'll agree with that. Yeah, okay. I'll agree with that. But he's still a terrible okay. ass actor. So and even his, no, no, no. Listen, Andrew I'm not. Again. But I'm not. Tiffany went from, you know, I'm happy I got my baby to she had a midlife crisis towards the end of the season. Or postpartum. That happens too. But can I just say, I'm going to interject here. I was hella pissed. See, I'm being Cali. um, That they wasted like a good 10 minutes on fucking finding Tiffany in the finale. Like, there were so many other things going on that it was like, who... (laughs) Are we really watching this right now? Like, I don't know. That annoyed me. I ain't gonna lie. Carry on. Yeah. I think I think like I've stopped caring about Tiffany as a character. I mean I never did like it was character. Like, right. And she barely was even there this season. Yeah. So it was like now we're supposed to care about you know, all kinds of shit is happening. Nathan, Lawrence, you know, exactly. Molly and 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 whatever his name is, dude, I forgot his name Andrew. now, are falling apart. And then we're yeah. interrupting all that to go look for Tiffany. Like, come on now. Anyway, I think, and I and Baylor, and this isn't the same because if you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Like I think, and that's one great thing about film. It's it's subjective. But you you watch a lot of episodes back to back, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if not having that week in between a down episode is taken away because you are immediately following it up. Mm-hmm. That was my next point. That yeah. was my next point because I not only did I watch it back to back, but I started three episodes, the last three episodes of season three. You know what I mean? So when you watch, that's why I said I'd rather binge it, especially with it being 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather binge it because it all goes together. Because if you binge it, it's like a movie. So you might have a dry spell in that movie, but overall, it made sense to me. That episode, that, and, and again, the lost episode, that's going to set up a great season five so whatever y'all looking for or whatever you expect that shit gotta happen next season mm. i don't know mary you've been quite quiet well what, so what do we think is happening next season first of all we called it that condolences was pregnant is she really pregnant though yeah, she pregnant. <laughs> I, you know what i wouldn't be surprised especially if they have another year well a year and a half to two years between seasons if we get a time jump if when season five starts it's not a it's not a year from now and and Issa and Lawrence are living together and he has he has a visitation with the baby. I really wouldn't be surprised with that at all. Mm, but you think you 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 don't think we need that content? I mean, they can still are, tell it in flashbacks. Are, 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 so you they, so they're gonna do that? They're gonna do like the Bulls uh, documentary? <laughs> I, I don't know, <laughs> Mary. What do you think though? I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I feel like I hate these cliffhangers. And now, when is this coming back? Do we even know? Do we have no. to wait another two years? We just know that they've greenlit it for another season. We don't know. Right. So this is pretty shitty. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I 
I feel like if the Condola really is pregnant and, you know, Lawrence is not going to, Lawrence is going to have to try to make it work with her being who he is and it's going to suck. And then maybe by default, Issa is going to end up giving Nathan a real shot. I don't know. I am definitely no longer team Lawrence. That nigga got to go. He's got to go. I was, I was, okay. on, I was, I was on his side. Did for... someone knocked up? That he was no, dating? Not that, no, not that because he's... The nigga doesn't have. He's not stable. He's not stable, and he's. Now I sound like Nathan. He's sometimey. <laughs> and, and Nathan, I am team Nathan. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like the bipolar guy says that someone else is sometimey. Isn't, isn't that <laughs> yeah. crazy? Isn't that crazy? Hey, hey, hey! Truth <laughs> is, though, I, I am team Nathan. Though I got to. I like Nathan. Like, right. I, Nathan's grown on me. I really do like Nathan. I, I, and I hope that they dig into like mental health. Like now that like Issa, the p- woman that he liked, it went back to her ex, and her ex got another woman pregnant. And for like to see how th- that affects him, being as somebody who really cares about Issa, I would love to see that. But I keep talking, Mary. I'm sorry, we keep talking over me. No, it's all right. I was just gonna say, I think throw all these niggas away. We need to get a new roster now. <laughs> I mean, listen, and I know this sounds terrible. If somebody that I already was dating had told me they were bipolar, then of course I'm going to be, you know, by their side working through it. But if it's someone that I don't have an established relationship with who just fucking ghosted out of nowhere and then reappears and is like, I'm bipolar. It's like, yeah, that's signing up for a headache. Like, I'm I'm good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Like, they might as well just keep that friendship, but... Any more than that, that'd right. be risking it. That'd be risking it. Yeah, exactly. And then Lawrence. I mean, I don't know. I got to be honest with you. Although I must say, and I'm the only lady here, so Lawrence was looking extra fly this season. Um, I don't know. Like I said before, if it's because he had a haircut, but and I haven't seen a dude with a haircut in person in a minute. But um, yeah, I feel like Lawrence lost me when he started fucking hoeing around and caught chlamydia. Like, yeah. I was I like, I about like that. I would not- yeah. exactly. So that Lawrence, when he was living his best life mm. <laughs> and catching STDs, Lawrence. But I must tell you, and I, we didn't get to talk about this, but that date episode was everything. Oh, the yeah. date with Lawrence Lisa. I mean, you kind of re- like you never really saw them in a good place. When we when we entered Insecure in season one, they already were like she was tied to him. He looked all raggedy. He was unemployed. It was like a whole. So seeing Lawrence with his shit together and Issa with her shit together was really beautiful. It kind of was like, oh, this is how they got together in the first place. Like, I get it. The chemistry was there. So. It, it, felt, it felt good and it feels good, but it just seemed like she wanted it more than him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she put, a, well, she put, a, right, she put a stamp on it. There. Yeah. Yeah. But that was after, but, but that's because she's the one who fucked it up. So I guess you're always gonna, I mean. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. She got I mean, a second chance. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm excited to see what like what happens in season five and and everything like that. But at the same time, it's just I just hope that the writing is tighter than what it than what it was this season. Like when you do have such short episodes and a short season, what is ten episodes per season? It should flow a little bit. Like that whole Molly episode yeah. should have been part of a bigger episode. Like you could have told that story in about twelve minutes and had twelve minutes of another story. Um, it's just little things like that that didn't make yeah. the season as strong as others to me and what i will say is that um molly is just not the actress to carry a whole a whole episode alone like just stop doing that with her um i don't think it's <laughs> i don't think it's yvonne orgy's acting i just i think it's molly's character like okay. if anything that episode she had by herself solidified our hatred for her <laughs> it was like oh like so I in a way agree. wasn't that the intended effect though like <laughs> Hey, there you no, go. That's I, the effect, and they definitely did it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Because if you don't like the character, you don't want to see the character that much. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, it's Molly again. And can I also just say that she, in true, like, it was very authentic in, of a trifling friend to only hit you up when their man dumps them. So, like, notice she only hit Issa up and in the end after homeboy dumped her. Then it's like, oh, now we're my friends. Like, nah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that was personal for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I don't know. I just I mean, yeah that that the uh the block party episode um or the concert episode whatever it was 
and the episode with the date with Lawrence and Issa were the standout episodes of, of the season like that. And I, and I, and I, and I've said this before, like that episode, that conversation and that vulnerability that Issa and Lawrence showed on there is what I think we need to see more in our black TV shows. Like we don't get, it's always laughy, jokey. Somebody's cheating. Somebody gets somebody, which all happened here. But I think we don't get to see those. We don't get to see those moments of like, them just talking through their hurt and admitting it. Like that's more stuff that we need to see on TV. So agree. Can we anytime we talk about insecure though, we gotta give a shout out to Kelly. I think she's the glue to everything. Now yes. she's the one why she need I know she directed the episode with Molly, but I would love to see her have her own episode next season. Yeah, she is hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that like I really think she has a career ahead of her. Like I, I don't know if you guys seen Sonic Mary, you may, uh barely you may because we all have kids, but even her, she, the little bit she was in that movie, she's funny as hell. Like her timing is perfect with everything she does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a see that dream of cat. Uh, what she say, catfish? Yeah. She's like, you know catfish, what that means? She's yeah. like, no, no, he don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go into our our last break. When we come back, we are going to be talking about the best three peats ever in music. We'll be right back after this. Hey, hey, looking for a new story podcast for your kids to listen to? Check out Stoop Kid Stories, original stories written and narrated by me, Melly. Each story introduces a new young character who goes on an adventure and has to face different obstacles dealing with their friends, their family, and their community. It's a great opportunity to spark conversations with your young ones and entertaining for the entire family. Find Stoop Kid Stories on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And on Instagram at Stoop Kid Stories. See you on the stoop. All right, Baylor. So in the conversation we had in the Lost episode, I had tasked you with saying, uh, with checking out, I said, Little John and the Eastside Boys may have had one of the best three-peats ever in hip-hop. Because you had mentioned, I think we were talking about DMX. DMX. DMX um, and Kanye. Kanye started with Kanye saying Kanye had the best three albums in a row. You brought up DMX. Uh, you said you you would have to go back and check out Lil John and the Eastside Boys. Mary, I know you you're you're catching up on this conversation. Who wants to go first? Like, what do you guys think are the, some of the the artists who've had the best three piece three albums in a row in hip hop? I mm. tried. I, I tried. mean, I would have said DMX offhand. Okay. I tried to. To to find someone outside of the names that we already mentioned, mm-hmm. but it still it still remains the same. And we we mentioned K Dot as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but I did go back and check Lil John and Eastside Boys, uh, and let me tell you, if you want your blood to, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to tear some shit up, just throw any one of those on. Now I will say this: they they are all classics. But I'm not going to say that they are unanimous, okay? There, there are a couple of songs on there where I'm like, eh, eh, all right, whatever. But they do have some strong tracks on each album, okay. and it is consistent. So if I had to rank them, they'll probably be, they could be top three. Okay. With just the names that we said, that is K-Dot, Kanye, DMX, and yeah, Lil John. All right, I have something something that we didn't talk about. Is Jay-Z, does Jay-Z not make the list? Back to back to back? All right, check. We got uh, a can... lot a lot of people a lot of people didn't like I think a lot of people didn't they either didn't like Blueprint 2 or Blueprint 3. So I I say yeah, he got he got a trifecta with the Blueprints, yeah. Okay, but those weren't all in a row, but okay, my but the Blueprints that were in a row are the Blueprint, Blueprint 2 and the Black album. A lot of people didn't like the black album. True, true. Uh, I, and I've actually recently went back and listened to that, and I and I thought like if this, if they didn't announce this as Jay Z's last album, would I have liked this album as much as I did? But are we reasonable doubt? Is that a classic? Yes. In my lifetime, volume one. Is that a classic? <laughs> Look, I'm not about to. You about to have New York come out? <laughs> yeah. uh, on standby. Let, volume let, two. That, volume two. Hard knock life. Is that not a classic? Those are three in a row, bro. See, and traditionally you'll think volume one, volume two, and volume three, but his first three albums aren't volume one, volume two, and volume three. Reasonable doubt is a classic. In my lifetime, okay, I can I can see some people saying that's not a not a classic. Mm, I, I personally I personally hold it as a classic. And volume two, I volume two may be my fi- favorite out of the volume albums. So this is the thing though, Hayes. Okay. I'm hmm. 
I'm not being all of these people that we just said, minus K dot, take K dot out of. Uh-huh. But I'm not their no, I'm not their number one fans. Okay. So so I'm not being biased towards none of this. If you ask a Jay-Z fan, they're gonna say yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you got a trifecta. I mean, it, 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 I only looked because in, in preparing for this episode, I went and I was like, huh, it's, I, I try to look at some of the names that didn't make it. I'm like, let me go. Let me go check. I was like, Jay-Z, wait, 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 wait. Jay-Z's not on here. Another one um, that I want to and maybe because it was it was spread by so much time, but a tribe called Quest. People's Instinctive Travels, The Paths to Rhythm, uh, Low End Theory, and Midnight Marauders. I don't know if the mass is going to go with that, though. Well, we're talking about quality, not like mass sales or anything. But I don't know, man. I think that I think that, that also gets put on the on the trifecta list. Okay. Okay. So that's mm. just me trying to pick some that that were out of the box. Um, but yeah, I I I I I I'm glad you went back and listened to Little John. But you know, me and you kind of we had a we were talking before we came up with DMX. I definitely kind of you know just taking Little John out the way and you know my my personal like Kanye those his first three albums are special as hell to me. But when we talk about mm-hmm. like impact and how they changed and Kanye changed the culture to a degree when he first popped up. But DMX was hip hop for a minute, bro. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was powerful. Yeah, powerful. Because at that time, at that time, uh, the original suspects was Pop, Jay Z, Big, Nas. You know, um, and they, of course, you had a few others out there. But we knew who like the main cast was. So when he came aboard, we was like, "Yo, who is this nigga barking like this? Who is Damien like?" <laughs> You know, so it was special. And the thing I think that makes uh, DMX is a little bit more special is it's dark hell is, and hell is hot and flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. All came, both came out in 1998. Yeah, those those yeah. were eight eight um eight months apart with those albums. And then there was X dropped in 1999 in December 1999. So we're looking at about an 18 month span of three classic albums. That's one thing nobody else on this list can say that they did. Right. That's, right, that's a lot of work right that's a there. lot of that's work, a lot of work. like imagine that bro like we, we we struggle now getting like look at look at kendrick like he's he's been gone for three years cole he he drops disappears for like a year year and a half he doesn't go away as long as as kendrick but like we we struggle to get albums from artists every two years now for you to drop three classics in in a year and a half basically that's almost un, unheard of but in I would say, but this is going to help. This this actually helps DMX more than it helps K Dot and J Cole. Is that it's a different climate? Just true. You know what I mean. So where we don't receive or we don't appreciate albums like we do, like now that we did back then. Yeah. You know what I mean. So and 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 even then, like we wasn't worthy because we wasn't talking about how fast those albums came out. It's just that you know when we heard word of mouth. Or we watched TV and they said this album is coming out since such and such date. Then we was on it. But nowadays, you know, even even with this dry spell, when music come out, we don't appreciate it as much. So K Dot is is speaking to an audience that is very very different. True. You know what I mean? So like DMX, DMX, DMX didn't make music for everybody. It just everybody listened to DMX. Okay, I like that. Well, that's it. We lost Mary, unfortunately. I know she was having some internet issues, and her, Skype has been giving her fucking trouble. Um, but so for Mary Amante, make sure y'all go and follow her at Miss Mary Amante. But Bailey, if you got any parting words, man, go ahead and give it to him. We can get the hell up out of here. Um, you know what? I, I think we spoke about. I know we had the. Uh, I know we had the little tournament with the groups and stuff like that. But we had a, a heavy debate in my personal group chat. Um, and it started off with a tweet that said, I did not like hearing uh, Pac homeboys rap after him. They were basically talking about the outlaws, right? Mm-hmm. So I sent that to the group chat, and immediately they just started bringing up all type of groups that was either worse or better than the outlaws. We got Junior Mafia, you know. Um, then they brought up they brought up certain cats in Dipset. They brought up G-Unit. They brought up Terror Squad. Um and I think I think that's another I think that's another debate like the the clicks in hip hop 
that had to step up and rap along uh, alongside the superstars. D12. D12. And that came up at the end of the combo that killed everything. Like, yo, D12 was dope. They had a roster. So that's basically what we did. We was just breaking down rosters and, and things like that, going back down memory lane. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be a, a dope, I guess, a dope segment to to break down these these clicks and certain artists that didn't get that much shine or where are they now. Um, outside of that, man, uh, y'all stay y'all stay safe. Stay out of these goddamn streets if y'all not supposed to be in the streets. And um, y'all can follow me on at Bay of the Great on all social media platforms. BTG for president. Overrun with BTG, a part of the Red Signers Network. And that's it. Shout out to Kelly. <laughs> and uh, I got no parting words for you. Right, Juneteenth is coming up. Um, make sure if y'all going out there protesting or doing whatever, be fucking safe. But I love the fact that, you know, we're celebrating it more as a culture. But look out for these companies. Like, my company now has said that, you know, Juneteenth, they're recognizing it as a holiday. We're going to start uh, not getting off a full day, which is a kind of another slap in the face, but a half day uh, for it. And it's like, if that's, you know, don't do it now because of the climate and people being tired of it. Like, do it because you actually support it. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. You see me in my melanin drip shirt. I got my Juneteenth special shirt that I'll be debuting in. But, you know, just everyone appreciate it and uh, do some research on Juneteenth uh, to figure out what the meaning was behind it. Because, like I said, this is something that I just found out about probably four years ago myself. So I know there are a lot of people who aren't educated on it. So do your research. Find the meaning behind it. And if you research Juneteenth, also look into the Black Wall Street. If you don't know what that is, please do it because it's an important part of our history. But other than that, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, thebreaksradio.gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture, and we out this bitch. Peace. Well, really, really, really.